Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Joining us now, he is uh, from The Ringer and also uh, literally all over the internet on, on Twitter because I refuse to call it X. You guys know him. You guys love him. You might even have some weird aspirations to be like him, and that's okay, too. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this Sunday is going to be NXT Great American Bash. So here to talk about it with us is the one and only Cameron Hawkins. How you doing, Seahawk? I'm doing well, my brothers. How are y'all this morning? We're doing good. Doing well. Thank you for joining us, Cam. Absolutely, absolutely. So, go ahead, Jeremy. I was just going to say, we're here to talk about NXT Great American Bash, which is, you know, one of their, their big, big shows. They're traveling. They don't do too much traveling, but this is one they're, they're traveling outside of Florida. And I'm going to ask a very simple question of what stands out to you on this card, Ken? It's really two things. Um, one is Roxanne Perez and Blair Davenport. I think that they're kind of getting in early on the idea of we need Roxanne to be taken seriously. Like, we know how good she is. We see the potential. She can do all of the wrestling already. But um, when it's time for her to move up, we need to make sure she's taken seriously. Like, you look at some of the smaller women that they've had. Like, Liv Morgan, they're they're almost there, I think. You know, uh, injury starts and stops. It really sucks. But, um, you know, they've had to, like, really had her get in there and get crazy physical with Ronda. And, and to me... It took so long to get going on exactly what they wanted her to be. So I think with Roxanne, like they're getting in early. Let's make her physical. Um, let's show that she can really like get in there and mix it up and be mean. Um, so I think there's an investment there. Uh, the other thing on the other side, uh, Gable Stevenson and Baron Corbin. Um, they got a lot invested in Gable Stevenson. And I don't just mean money. Um, I went to the NIL dinner in January where they had – a bunch of their NIL athletes from cheerleading, football, track and field, gymnastics, uh, basketball, everything. And one of the things that they stressed big was Gable Stevenson, you know, All-American, Olympian. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And like, I don't even know if these kids know who Gable Stevenson is, but it's like, hey, we have this All-American athlete known the world over. He's right down the road as far as when he's going to be up and going. And that was January. You know what I mean? So it being late July now, um, I think that there's really um, a push to make him a big deal, make him a success to keep that pipeline going. And so you put him in there with Baron Corbin, who, hey, like I I've always been a fan. The character hasn't always worked, but you look at what he did like in there with Mello just recently. Very, very good stuff. And so I think you get the good match out of Stevenson and you keep that train rolling that direction. Because again, a big deal of him, him succeeding is not just about making money right now. 
it's about keeping that pipeline of D1 athletes going. I want to go back to uh, Roxanne Perez for a second. I think maybe you, you did hit the nail on the head with wanting to take her more seriously as a character, wanting fans to take her more seriously. Uh, we saw back towards Stand and Deliver, there was the storyline with her and her anxiety and everything that happened uh, with the mattress, Mako Satomura, where she lost and collapsed. And it was a whole, you know, a whole situation there that led to a booking that didn't really make a lot of sense. Talk to me about your feelings about not just the anxiety angle, but also just kind of your feelings as to how NXT and WWE will want us to take her more seriously following the way she was booked coming out of Stand and Deliver. I think that they're still asking certain wrestlers to do a bit too much acting. Um, You know, like that's a, it's a serious thing, but not serious in the sense of it shouldn't be talked about. I just think that's like a a heavy thing to carry. You know, they had the backstage segment where she's in the office with Sean and really stressing to him, this is what I want. I can do this. I can go. And I just thought they might have laid that on a bit too thick. Like, hey, I grew up a theater kid. So I love that NXT is like theater in a bunch of different ways. But I thought in that particular instance, when you have somebody right there at the top of the card, I thought it was too early to mess with what she was doing. I think there's nothing wrong with being plucky fight from under champion. Um, which she was at the time. And I think that the all of a sudden pivot, you know, at Stand and Deliver to get a bunch of people into the match, I, I think not knowing exactly what the situation was, her and Tiffany Stratton main event in that, well, at least being the women's title match, I thought that was a no-brainer. I thought that's who you go with one-on-one. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think there's still an effort maybe to, to stack the card a little bit. It's our first time doing this really, really big show. We want to make sure everybody gets in. Eh. They're young. They'll have their time. Um, But yeah, again, with her booking specifically, in the moment, I thought that it was interesting and that you see how Book reacted, you know, being like one of her trainers and it was all very serious. But I thought that the follow up to it did not really share the magnitude of what happened in the moment. And so got to be careful doing stuff like that, especially with your wrestlers who aren't necessarily actors. At least he waited until Cam was done with his, you yeah. know, comment listen, there. Listen, okay. <laughs> that was not us. Uh, it's you the see, worst. like, <laughs> you, I made a bad decision. Uh, <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, of course, me and Sean have a good laugh about it, but it's like, <laughs> I like jokes that I share with my friends. And oh, fuck, he's here. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Right. You just figured it out, did you? Because I'm, I'm like looking off in the space telling the story, right? He's here. All right. That's what I said. That was not us, Ken. We did not We're put at, that on oh, the screen. Oh. Then I'm, okay. I, I was going to, hey, I like you guys. I'm going to forgive you guys. But what happened was we're at, uh, we're at the Royal Rumble. We're in the press box. Speak so carefully. It's, like, it's me. It's my old lady. It's Dave LaGreca. It might be like two people between us, and then it's Denise, and then it's Sean. So Sean's eating something. I don't know if it was actually a glizzy at the moment. Sean's Not eating something. And I was like, baby, baby, I'm going to catch him taking a big bite of this food, and it's going to be hilarious. So I take my phone, I turn, I'm recording it, and Sean looks over like, what are you doing? <laughs> so let me let me tell you what happened immediately after that that nobody knows about. Cam, in an effort to one-up me, <laughs> went and, like, he didn't even use, like, forks or tongs or anything. I see him come out, and he's got 
two glizzies. Like, you know how you pinch the ends of them? Because they smell kind of funny, right? And I saw him do one of these and just drop it in. And he looked at me from across and he goes, every time is like the first time. And I said, <laughs> what? At the Rumble, we're like 15 deep in the Royal Rumble. So and he says this. He looks at me and he says this. That is, that, is, is that true, Kim? Can we? Can we? I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> um, I don't want to give too much away about my level of excitement for certain things. There, there was we'll just, one we'll time Cam, Cam messaged me and he goes, "Let me know if the Glizzy jokes are too much." And I said, <laughs> "Yeah," I and I, no I should have known. He didn't mean like, "No, it's cool. We're having a good time." He meant, "I got you, motherfucker. I got you." <laughs> this is a wrap. Um, and it's and it's been funny because like again, like I, I like jokes with my friends. Sean is my friend. Um, but it's like random, you know, AEW Forever 92. You're like jumping on the joke. And like I just do it yes. randomly, like, yo, it's not fucking funny. I don't know you. And they don't know what to do. They're like, oh, I didn't but but Sean and the joke and I this is Sean's joke. It's not your joke. And then they're just stuck, and I just laugh at them for hours because they really—they're not on that level of comfortability. I'm not yeah, cool with that yeah. either. We don't—we don't kick it like that. I you report wasn't... truth. What they report is just conjecture of things that they haven't personally witnessed and experienced in the, in the, 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 their day job. You are a bottom four human being all time. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Probably bottom two. I got. I got to go to my Excel spreadsheet. But yeah, he's to, a horrible human. To be honest, the first time I had a hot dog that was intended to be an actual hot dog, it changed my life. I mean, hey, listen, summers in Texas playing football. You know, your parents both work full time. You're back and forth between two a days. That's what's in the fridge. You tearing up a hot dog. You cutting that thing down the middle. Um, you're broiling it in the oven if your mother trusts you. It took me a couple of years. Uh, put a little old bay on there, some barbecue sauce. You're set. You're set. And then turn on Jerry Springer. Perfect. I have Summer multiple friends that are on Jerry school. or that have been on Jerry that's Springer. That's yeah, not surprising. Yeah, uh, running into somebody in Kentucky that's been on Jerry Springer is not like a huge yeah. accomplishment. It's pretty pretty common. <laughs> I mean, I came right, from, isn't it? I live in a I lived in a very small town, and at least four people had been on Jerry Springer. Like they made that trip to go up there, and it was so funny because I would learn about it. Like wrestling, I'd be like, "Oh, how did that? How do they work this angle with you guys? How would they do it?" They would tell me. My mother had a friend who was on, I think it was Ricky Lake. And the title of the episode was like, I'm ashamed of my race. Oh, no. Jeez. But they actually bumped her to the following week's show. And so the whole time she was on stage, she was like, no, this wasn't my week. I'm not ashamed of my race. I'm just embarrassed by my race. And it was like, bitch, that's not a different thing. <laughs> it's not your, your light hatred is still really really bad like what are you talking about so there was, yeah. there was a there was a very talented local rapper his name is Lil Boneface he was actually very good but the, he was like probably five six and just ripped jacked and the title of the episode of Jerry Springer was I'm fat but you're fatter it's over it's like, it's like my God, what more do they want from this man? 
I'm more interested in the backstory of why he's named Little Bone Face. Oh, little bone I don't know. He he was he's very good though. He did like an indie movie recently. He's, he's a very not nice guy. fat though. Like no, you you see him right? Like yeah. you see him? Yeah. yeah. He's not at all. So I I don't know how that one makes any sense, but sure, sure. Yeah, but uh, not at all. Uh, Cam, thank you so much. We're gonna have an article up on Fightful from Cam <laughs> on Saturday. Oh, I thought you were going to say it's an article on the glizzy stuff off of this Seriously, interview. Right? <laughs> uh, that's I get that's a headline a... out of a lot of things, Sean. So. Listen, I feel like that it for what Cam did with his Sting article, that would be the fightful equivalent. If like on Memorial Day or Fourth of July one year or Labor Day, he's got like top glizzy eating moments on <laughs> wrestling TV. I don't stand for the anthem, but I definitely stood for the hot dog contest on the. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what America's really about. That's a real sport right there. The <laughs> Megabyte Ronnie is shaking right now. Oh, yeah. he should be. He should be. He was he was in my hometown this week. He was eating at Wellington really? Diner. Yeah, yeah. He was like, I told him, I'm like, I'm going there this weekend. He's like, Oh, go to the Wellington Diner and tell him Megabyte Ronnie sent you. And I wanted to be like, Buddy, I grew up there. <laughs> like, chances are someone I know works there. <laughs> love that man anyway uh, mega by ronnie's great we were going to do a hot dog eating contest this year and then i had an incident in training i was i i needed Yo. better glizzy practice and so we switched no, 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 slow down slow down you had an incident in training stop stop don't don't bury the lead uh so here's what happened because <laughs> this this is actually like kind of for 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 the wife is actually like kind of horrifying uh i was doing the this bit where i was like gonna catch a hot dog in my mouth and I didn't catch it properly and didn't throat it correctly. And it almost turned out very bad. Uh, so we were like, no, can't, can't really do that. Uh, it's tough. Like, you, you got to know how to take a hot dog correctly. Evidently. <laughs> Evidently you do. My God. Oh, no. Whew. It's tough. It's tough, so I could not. I could not do a hot dog incident after putting going through that and having a near death experience trying to catch this hot dog in my mouth. I was like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't do a hot dog eating contest. I, I respect the professionals um, yeah. in that space. Um, again, they, they, there's a reason that that their, their jerseys are going to be in the rafters eventually, and so I defer to them, man. Um, shout out to Nyla Rose for my fantastic uh, birthday cameo from Sarah J. Again, again, we, we respect the vets. Um, <laughs> We hold them in high regard for sure. That's right. They know what they're doing. Let let them do what they do. Okay. Don't try this at home. And if you do, you'll end up like Jeremy Lambert. It's not good. Ronnie tried to warn me too. He was like, you know, don't like, don't go too fast or anything. I was just doing a bit for, oh, let me catch it in my mouth. This will be funny. And then it, it turned out not to be very funny. <laughs> All right. We got to move on. We got to keep talking about Great American Bash. As much as, as, much as I want to talk about glizzies and parasocial relationships and how weird people can be on the internet, I think I'd rather talk about uh, what's going on on Sunday. Jeremy, give me, give me, give me a question. Hit Cam with a question. I was going to ask about Tiffany Stratton because I don't think this is a spoiler. You do have an, an interview article coming out on on Tiffany Stratton. She was part of the NXT 2.0 crop. She she popped up shortly after NXT became NXT 2.0. Now she's the champion. Everybody's ready for her to pretty much come off my main roster. Very good worker. Has her character down, defined, knows exactly who she is. One, if you give us some insight into you know, tease the article, tease the interview a little bit, but just Tiffany's growth. And now she has this uh, this big match at Great American Bash defending her title. 
Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, we actually um, did two different things. So with Tiffany, uh, we went just straight podcast. And so um, after this show, not during, but after this show, um, if you go to SoundCloud and search out South Congress with a K, um, you can check that out. And then we're going to do a live stream at noon uh, on my YouTube channel. So if you follow me on Twitter, you can kind of follow along with that. Um, really, the the cool thing about her ain't a whole lot of fluff to her. Like, came from gymnastics, came from bodybuilding. Was like, yo, I, I get it. Um, and, and the real cool thing, she was doing the trampoline. And so she's like, yo, moonsault came to me immediately could do that. Cause that was already what I had going on. Um, very, very confident in her abilities. Knows she picked it up really quickly. Uh, one thing she did kind of talk about that I thought was really cool was, you know, there was a bit of maybe infighting is the word, but there was a little tension between the women who came in, who already wrestled and the women who came in from sport or elsewhere, right? But she's like, that's cool now, because if you're good, you're good, you know? Um, and again, confident in what she does. Um, what I thought was really cool, she talks about coming in and wanting to be like the badass character. Like, I'm gonna come in, I'm gonna be a badass. She looked around, she was like, everybody's a badass. So what can I do that's different? So, you know, daddy's little girl, Tiffany Stratton, that's, that came from Jessica. That's Jessica's mind wanting to separate herself. And immediately it stood out. You know what I mean? So um, I think that, you know, almost ready is tough because you want to see them in the ring with the big crowd. That's what she wants. She's very clear about that. Cool as Florida is, cool as the Eastern Seaboard is. I love sand in the liver. I can't wait for Great American Bash because I want to be in there with that big crowd. So when I hit those big moves, they react. When I do something nasty, they react. So yeah, man, I, I think she's she's as ready as anybody. Um, just she's fun to watch, man. I, I first thing I asked her, I was like, yo, what you think about the nicknames? She's like, what nicknames? And I was like, yo, Stratton Omega, Stratton Danielson. She was like, I have not heard any of those. Like, they're all from me. But you know, again, it, it's an appreciation of how quickly you picked it up and how crisp you already are at what you do. So yeah. Speaking of people who uh, came in around that same time and had to prove uh, to a lot of people, Lash Legend and Jakara Jackson, they're about to partake in that in that uh, eight-person tag that's going to be the metaphor, so Noam Dar, Oral Mensa, and the two aforementioned women. They're taking on Dragon Lee, Nathan Fraser, and then Ulyssa Le- Leone and uh, Valentina Ferois. Talk to me. I know you've been a big Lash Legend supporter. Lash Legend. That's yep. how you got to say it. Lash, Lash Legend. Legend. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, go ahead. With Jakar Jackson, um, they, they they held off for a long time, waited and waited and waited and waited. I think that that's a great fit. Um, you know, Oral Mensa, Noam Dar, and Lash Legend. Um, you know, Noam Dar is, of course, like a vet, but everybody else is figuring this thing out. So give me somebody to play off of. Uh, Lash and Jakar, you know, similar personalities. It's great watching them go. Um, I think this is good in that. They tried to bring up too many people as individual talents to start, right? I thought one of the beauties of NXT was, you know, you can have a bunch of tag teams and people won't think it's weird that you threw people together because they don't know these people, right? They're brand new. It's not weird, like, throwing them together as a tag team. Um, but I think they've been really fun to watch. I know them, Dar. Like, I guess the NXT audience really is, like, 
like, like a bunch of 50 year old guys, right? Like that's like their, their kind of average viewer. They saw Weekend at Bernie's and Weekend at Bernie's too. So like, he's killing it. I love it. It's great. Um, but yeah, I, I think that while somebody like Tiffany Stratton has proven that they can already go out there and handle it on their own. Um, I, I thought they were doing right by Nikita Lyons, um, putting her with Zoe Stark early on because, you know, Zoe Stark knows exactly what she's doing. Let's slow this down. Like Caden and Katana, like great pairing because Caden, again, you know exactly what you're doing. You can do all the moves. It looks legit. It took Katana a little while, and now they're on the main roster flourishing because she has that person to play off of. Yeah, I, I think it's really good for them. Um, and I just like fun. Like, sometimes it's okay to be fun. And, and Lash has, like, this really big personality that, you know, is kind of, to me, the focal point of the group. But everybody else is, like, doing their part both in the ring and in these skits and how they perform around the ring. Uh, yeah, I think it's a really good pairing for them. I'm excited to watch in particularly like Lash's progression. Cause again, like this is somebody, you know, college basketball star coming from the WNBA. Um, if you follow me at all, you know how into former athletes that turn wrestler I am, because I think that they have a unique set of skills and they've been in the spotlight as individual talents before. It's just a matter of time before they pop. So, yeah. Let's talk about the main event. Dirty Dom defending. This is the true main event. Dirty Dom defending the NXT North American title against Wesley and Mustafa Ali. We've seen a lot of uh, kind of main roster people come down to NXT, various success. Sometimes it's just a one-off. Sometimes it's more storyline. Corbin, of course, has the match against Stevenson. What do you make of the main roster people coming down and specifically Dom coming down, winning this title and being part of a kind of really inserting himself in this thing that was going on between Lee and Ali and ending uh, Lee's historic reign? He's such a scumbag. I love him. <laughs> He's great, right? Um, and, and even like right before I get into that, like it's the same match, but Mustafa Ali coming down from the main roster, he just feels like a big deal. And it's not that he's not confident on the main roster because I think like he's one of the best all-around talents that they have. Um, you know, we're we're an injury away from his whole trajectory being different, you know. Um but him in the match with a Dominic, again, Wesley, consummate professional, great before he even got there, can do everything in the ring, is at this amazing North American title run. And, you know, separating his title run from Mello's, when it, at first it felt like a step down, going from what Mello was doing to Wesley, the difference is Wesley can do things in volume that very few people can do. Um, they really trust in Dominic and have faith in Dominic because he's been in there with everybody, your Sammy Zanes, your Seth Rollinses. He's been all is, is dead at WrestleMania. Um, and now like he's both the least experienced, but most popular person in a triple threat title match this weekend. You know, um, I think that I was really high on his in-ring work early on, but that's him with his dad, you know, I don't think he took a step back, but I thought that, you know, when you're not next to Rey Mysterio, some things get exposed. Everything doesn't look as good, but he's worked on his character. His timing's really good, and he's going to be in there with the type of people he was trained to be in there with. Guys who go fast, guys who jump high, guys who don't slow down. And then, you know, you hate to say somebody's being hidden. Like, you know, like how you hide, you hide your, your, your small defender. You hide your small linebacker by being really good up front, right? 
I think that with him, they're not going to hide him so much, but these guys who can go in there and have a great match without him, he's just going to really add to what they do. So, like, yeah, it's going to be fun. And listen, that building, I think, is like a like a six or seven thousand person building. So HEB Center is not the biggest building. It's going to feel like twenty thousand when they start booing that man. You know, like, and there's that that Guerrero Mysterio family Texas connection. Um, that that's really going to to play into you know being in Texas, um, man, it, it's going to be fun. Um, I'm excited for his entrance in particular because you know everybody gets a little extra on those pay per view entrances. That's going to be really really fun. Really, I kind of expect him to retain. Like even though in the same way that like it was real cool for Solo to win the North American Championship as not only storyline but to have him next to his brothers with a title. Um, to show that that can be done, it would make sense for them to get that off Dominic and act like he was never there. But man, they they can just twist that knife a little bit more by having him carry that thing a little bit longer. I think. What's interesting is I'm thinking about uh, whether or not they want to give Dom a promo segment before the match because that would absolutely drive the crowd wild. Or do you want to save it for the entrance where it's same thing? But man, you put a mic in his hand and it's game over. Let him win the match and then put it on the mic. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, oh, my God. And that's the thing. With Judgment Day right now, their whole thing is, you know, going back to the Undisputed Era style, they wanted that golden prophecy, and they're working on that right now. Mm-hmm. So there is, I agree with you, that Dominic Mysterio retaining adds a lot to that story going on literally across all the WWE, not just NXT and Raw, but also coming over to SmackDown now. It's, it's good stuff. Uh, the, the tag title match, we don't have to spend too much time on, but come on, we got to talk about Tony D and Stax. Are they ever going to get prosecuted for their crimes? You got the inside track, Cam. Listen, man, listen. I'm not saying I know a bunch of people at the, at the Travis County Detention Center, right? But what I'm hearing is they got some people on standby outside the building. Just in case. Um, <laughs> yeah, again, as campy as it is, I, I, I love Tony D. I love Tony D. Because, you know, we're, we're all men of a certain age who, you know, grew up on the Godfathers and the Goodfellas and the Casinos and Sopranos, of course. It's just fun, man. It's just fun. Um, wait a minute, Ryan. I'm not telling. Don't call me crime reporter. Um, <laughs> just fun watching those. And, and then, like, again, the relationship between him and Stax, they, 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 they do buddy comedy well. You know, um, Tony D having an amateur background is like the weirdest thing because it only comes out ever so often. But man, I want to see those guys commit crimes and live to tell the tale. I really do. I need them to go free. Like I, I, Dallas, very fun to watch. Very physical. Love like that, that European hard hitting style that they're really into. Man, that is going to be a, I don't want to say banger. I don't want to say a lot. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I can't wait to see it. I want to see Tony D and Stack stand tall and then evade the authorities on the way out the building. We got a, we got a super chat from Chi-Town Spurs earlier that uh, he said, I, uh, he wants to know, do you think Ariana Grace would do well with Tony D and Stacks when she's healthy? I like the idea. They kind of started, when they did the the Welcome Back Tony D segment, they started bringing out certain you know, people that we may not know but are involved in the PC. You think Ariana Grace is one of those people who could possibly uh, show up there? Guys, she's hilarious. I mean, like, as a as a human being, she's a hilarious person. I'm a met her at, at Wale Mania. You know, we're getting people back and forth backstage and VIP rooms and all that. And she's just like, uh, remember, remember, I'm Ariana with the hat. And she's wearing, like, this red beret. And so every time I see her the entire night, she's like, Cam, Cam, Ariana, with the hat. 
hilarious person, right? Of course, she gets it honest, right? Um, I feel like because she can do like comedy as a like natural human being, she would be able to jump in the camp, like the, the campy type stuff that they do with them. She would be really fun to see with them. I think so. Absolutely. Last one, Carmelo Hayes. I think everybody is high on Carmelo Hayes, rightfully so, especially the, the character work that he has down. The in-ring work, it's not bad. It's definitely not bad or anything like that. Uh, we saw we saw a really good glimpse of what I think his in-ring work can be against Finn Balor. The matches on NXT, this is no fault of his own. He's faced guys like Noam Dar, Baron Corbin, Braun Breaker. None of these guys are like bad or anything. Ilya Dragunov is a different level when it comes to that intensity that I think Carmelo might be missing a little bit. And again, we saw it against Balor. I think Ilya is a guy that can really bring that out of him. And now we're going to see it in a more extended period here because the Balor match was like eight, nine, maybe 10, 10 minutes. This I expect they'll get like 15 minutes or so. What are you expecting from this match? And what are you looking for in particular from Carmelo? So you know how Jalen Brown can't dribble left? Yes, as I do. Joel Pearl has no idea who this person is, but yes, I, I know I, I, I got you, Dick. But I so <laughs> he's never had to dribble left. You know what I mean? Like it, it's we, when we point out, and you're not doing this, Jeremy. Just just to, to add on, but when we point out something somebody doesn't have, like what, what's considered a deficiency, it's like, well, has anybody exposed that? Right. Um, the thing with Mello, like being kind of the best person in the ring all the time. You don't necessarily get to see how good somebody is. Dragunov is is one of my favorite wrestlers in the entire world. If for no other reason than when you look at how he fights, not wrestles, but how he fights, he's prepared to hurt too. You know, like the suicide dive is like the most overused move in wrestling, like regardless of company, right? And they call it suicide dive because it's supposed to hurt you too. It's like, no, you just kind of lean into the guy and you pop up and you're fine. Every single thing Dragunov does is going to hurt Dragunov too, but he knows it's going to hurt you worse. It's beautiful. It is violent. It's nasty. I love to see it. And so Mello, who has, for a lot of times, like been able to finesse through matches um, based on opponent, right? Um, when you look at him and like Roddy Strong, though, like that's when it was like, all right, we're digging into this. Like we're getting there, right? And, and to me, this is somebody of a similar vein who everything hurts, everything's crisp, every there's no air in what you see. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to see Mello, um, you know, in there with that because you know, Mello, Braun, Tiffany Stratton, like those are the three that I really look at that the company's like. They came through our pipeline. We taught them, you know, how we want things to be. Um, it's very important to get them the screen time. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a hype for it, man. Because again, I, I have the utmost confidence in Melo's abilities, but I also do want to see him in there against the very best. And so, man, knock down, drag out. Um, you know, if Melo's showing a little blood and winning the match, I think would do a lot for him. Um, you know, I look at what Foley did for Triple H. Triple H was good. Nobody doubted Triple H was good. But Triple H growing that beard and coming out to that hard rock music and carrying around, uh, you know, sledgehammers and wearing eight leather jackets, that's a byproduct of him and Foley getting in there and going crazy. And so Mello, who is is cool and collected, him really getting in there in a knockdown, dragout fight and coming out 
the back end, the winner, I think would do wonders for him going forward. So with all that in mind, and we've run down the entire card, do you see any titles changing hands this weekend? I never see titles changing hands at NXT shows. That's the hard part, right? <laughs> I see them changing hands at Stand and Deliver because to me, like that's the reset every year, right? Don't see Mello losing. Um, definitely don't see Tiffany Stratton losing. Um, I'll tell you what. So Tony D and Stax, that's a title match, right? Yeah. Tag I got Tony D and Stax with the tag titles because with Gallus, um, as good as they are, they're not an act that needs the titles. They just need fights, you know, um, you know, with the Creed brothers, um, you know, moving up. Um, I think it's time to switch that to what's considered a face team and let them go through, you know, some heels, let them have some, some real good matches against some heels. Um, and then Gallus, like as much as I like them, I don't know if they necessarily need to be doing anything in NXT. I don't think they're going to learn anything in NXT. You don't stop being European because you're in NXT. Um, so I could see them being a good team on Raw who could use, listen, the Viking Raiders are washed. And I never thought I'd say that because I love those guys coming in. I loved them when they first got to the main roster. I was even good with the comedy stuff they did with, with Street Profits. They're washed, man. I don't know if they can get that back in any way. Like, I don't know. So, hey, bring up some more guys who are really good and real physical. Um, But tag titles, best chance. I don't see uh, any of the singles titles changing hands. I got it. We're we're done. We're done with wrestling. I can't have Cam on and not talk like hoops and stuff a little bit. Particularly this thing. It's not even like basketball, basketball related. So when my kind of worlds collided was on, on Twitter, when I saw you interacting with a man named Snotty Drippin, who yeah. <laughs> the famous, the meet me in Temecula. The man. Yes, yeah. Snotty Drippin. Yes. That is when I saw just my two worlds colliding because yeah. I'm inundated in the, the basketball Twitter. And I was like, Wait so, <laughs> you know, um, what's my man's name? Uh, Nikias Duncan. And yes. uh, my awesome. man, Chris Jones run the, uh, uh, the Dunker Spot podcast, right? Yeah. So Chris actually lives in Round Rock, like in my suburb, right? Okay. And, um, you know, me and Shay Serrano are like friends. It's the coolest thing in the world. Like, we, we oh, took our nice, ladies to nice. lunch last week. It was awesome. Um, but, um, yeah, so, like, basketball Twitter is, you know, runs right there with black Twitter. And black Twitter runs with me and I run with wrestling. And so it all kind of came together. Like uh, even with the Dunker spot, um, they kind of reached out to me about like platforms and like, that's why they do StreamYard Cause I put them on StreamYard. So it's, it's all um, my NBA team, the, the San Antonio Spurs, of course. Um, but it all runs together, man. Um, and, and it's been really cool. Of course, um, the ringer affiliation is when uh, me and me and Shay link, you know, both from San Antonio, um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's one big community and it's really cool. But yeah, this snotty dripping, um, who is like, who informs me a lot because earlier on in Twitter, when this thing started to kind of jump off for me, I'm not, I'm not used to white people talking crazy to me. I'm not, it doesn't happen in real life. Right. But on the internet, it's just a different level of bold and comfort. So me, I was like, all right, let's fight. Like, let's go do it. Right. Like, I was like, all right, I'll tell you where I'm at. 
we can do this if you feel that strong about it. And then, you know, I see the mature people like Snotty, like, yo, just because we disagree, like, what are we doing? Like, this is this is just the internet. Like, calm down, bro. So I've tried to calm down, bro. Um, but yeah, man, all, all those guys are great. Um, like, uh, like Monica McNutt is friends with like my cousin I grew up with in Maryland. So yeah, it's all like the smallest, smallest world, uh, but it's been really fun interacting with those guys and everybody's kind of found success at the same time. It's a lot like blog era rap in that you guys were all starting podcasts and stuff at the same time. And now everybody's kind of eating. Everybody's getting on TV and radio and writing. And, and yeah, it's been really fun. Um, they should all give me some of their money. But yeah, until <laughs> that happens, it's fun being a community for sure. If, if you are a basketball fan and you're, you're not following Nikias, uh, he's one of like the smartest dudes on basketball. Like his breakdowns of the X's and O's stuff, which I really like. Like he's he's so smart uh, on, on Twitter. And then if he does a video or a podcast or anything like that. But Snotty is just, he is hilarious. And that's when I thought like I made it on like basketball Twitter. Cause I, I wrote for like fan sided and things like that. Well, and he's a Westbrook. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a Westbrook fan as well. And of course, Thunder fan. I was riding with Russ yeah. all the time. So he was we, my we favorite on. player for almost a decade. And so like watching him against the Spurs broke my heart a bunch of times. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Russ and you know, like, uh, you know, KD was a freshman when I was a senior. And so we used to be like around campus together. So, yeah, I, I like the Thunder again until they play San Antonio. And, <laughs> yo, we had them in 2013, man. You, you understand how that ball was moving around the court? I've never seen anything as pretty as Spurs ball movement 2013 um, or 2012. I'm sorry. And we were just everywhere. And the Thunder were like, well, we're just going to shoot lights out. We don't care how well you're moving the ball. KD's not going to miss. Harden's not going to miss. Russ is not going to miss. Um, enjoy your summer. So, yeah, fun times. Fun times. I mean, look, you got titles. We got nothing. We were sometimes a laughing stock of, like, how did you not win with these three guys? It's like, well, yeah. you know, what can you do? Um, you got a good future, though, man. You got you got a good future. You got it. You got it. We're hoping. I mean, so, so do the Spurs. Wemby, I mean, look, you, you got the guy who is supposed to be the next guy. So we'll see how it goes, but that is why I don't complain. Like like (laughs) 2012 was us being bad for, you know, five years or so. Never heard a word out of me because you know what? We had the most incredible run. And like I graduated high school 2003. So we win the championship in 99. My first summer at UT, we're in the dorms watching us win. We win 05. We win 07. We win 14. I'm good. I'm good. Like, we don't have to be good again. Fine. It's okay. It's okay. I'll go watch the Commanders stink it up for another 30 years. It's fine. <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, Louis is the one good playoff run from Harden. Yeah, and then he sucked in the finals. That's the reason we – I mean, not the only reason. Kendrick Perkins being the starting five against that Miami team was not helpful. But James Harden giving them nothing was also not helpful. And uh, Caden sends a super chat. Just says my dog. Hi, Caden. I'll see you maybe later tonight. Maybe tomorrow we'll hang out. We'll do something. Can you punch him? He's a sweet kid. He just wears those stupid ass blue Crocs all the time. We're getting you. Me and Mandy have decided we're getting him real shoes. (laughs) Bro, like we went to to an indie (laughs) show, Inspire AD, like two weeks ago. And we're, we're kicking it like I'm introducing him to Kevin Knight. He's a big Kevin Knight fan. We're hanging out. We're taking pictures. And Caden has those damn blue Crocs on. I'm not introducing him to anybody else I know if he wears those fucking shoes. We're getting you real shoes. We're really outside. Punch no, him. You can't punch a kid. He's 20. 
I'm just gonna put him in a little headlock. I got him. I got him. Uh, that's fair. That's <laughs> a little noogie through that whole thing. <laughs> oh, all right, that's fine. Cam, you got so much going on. Thank you for coming on, joining us. Plug what you got going on. Tell them again what's what's happening in your world. Absolutely. Um, and so yeah, as soon as these guys are done, not a second before, um, you can listen to my interview with Tiffany Stratton on uh, South Congress podcast. It's South Congress with a K. Wherever you listen to podcasts at noon today. Um, we're going to do the video uh, version of that um, on YouTube. I'll do a live stream if you subscribe to me. If you follow me on Twitter, you can definitely just watch it live there. And then tomorrow morning, uh, Stars Earn Stripes. It's a look back at some of, uh, to me, the most informative main events uh, from Great American Bash history. Um, I broke down Ric Flair and Luger from uh, 88. I broke down... Uh, Page and Savage from 97 and then Cena Lashley from 07. Um, so just like some really interesting matches. Um, it kind of told you um, in, a, in a similar way to NXT because I'm, you know, I'm so into NXT. Um, you're watching these new acts. You put them in there with your very top talent. And then, you know, I kind of looked at where it took them from there. Um, It wasn't always instant success, but you did kind of see what their trajectory was. And if you're an Air Force kid, I talked some Thunderbirds and Blue Angels. Uh, So, yeah, it was really fun. But that'll be tomorrow morning on Fightful. A very long read uh, because uh, the other guy pays me by the word. Um, (laughs) But if you have the time Saturday morning, get your coffee. And uh, it should be a fun read again. Stars earn stripes. And then if you are at... um, the HEB Center Sunday. If you're in Austin, uh, in and around this weekend, you see me in the streets, man, doing my thing. Um, so it should be a good time um, getting to Great American Bash weekend. Enjoy the weekend, Cam. Thank you again for joining us this morning. And uh, yeah, we appreciate it. And go check out all of Cam's work, especially the, the Stars and Stripes. I'm sure I'll get a, a, a first look at that and I'll read it before everybody else and praise Thank it you so much, it. guys. You guys have a great rest of your day. Great show and great weekend. All right. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Cam. Good Good weekend, buddy. Take care. There we go. Cam Hawkins, the man.